I have a lot of people around me, friends and family who are first time parents or who are pregnant, yay babies. And a few of them have asked, what is your best parenting tip? Well, I am so glad you asked. Hello, and welcome to the Begin at Home podcast, because all the best things begin at home. I'm your host, Taylor Ballard. Here you will find a little bit of everything, including family fun activities, childhood literacy, education, marriage, faith, and just real life. I am so glad you could join me today. Parenting is something I'm super passionate about. Just as my husband, you will often find me listening to a new TED Talk, podcast book, article on the internet, anything about parenting. I don't know if it's my experience as a teacher or just a passion that God has laid on my heart, but I feel very strongly about parenting. I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like if I invest super hard when my kids are younger, I can enjoy the fruits of that labor as they grow up. I don't know. I could be completely wrong. I will tell you in 13 years when my oldest is 18, but I see the effects that parents can have on children when it's not done the right way. And I don't always think that parenting in air quotes, the right way is a natural thing. I feel like it takes a lot of trial and error and learning just like any other job, especially when it comes to undoing generational parenting mishaps, I guess you would say. Um, That's hard, but I have seen what a difference it can make in the lives of children. So here are my best tips for you. Tip number one, stop doing it all for your kids. I was at expiration place one day with my youngest, Boaz, who is three, and there was a little guy, about two, who used absolutely no words and grunting sounds. Now, I get that some kids have a delay. I used to teach. Trust me, I get it. But here's what I did notice. It worked. Because every time he did his little grunt, his mom would immediately come to his rescue and fix whatever he needed. No problem solving was allowed to happen. No expression of needs. So, I mean, why did he need to use his words if mom came and and saved the day? So stop doing it all for your kids. Tip number two. This kind of goes along with tip number one. But don't assume because our kids are little that they can't do it. Teach them to ride a bike when they're little. Teach them to zip up their own zipper when they're little. Let them climb a tree and get stuck and then have to problem solve how to get down, obviously with adult supervision. I know because this has happened several times. We just need to quit doing everything for our kids. I remember teaching in third grade over a lesson that was talking about jobs. And my students were joking around saying, I don't have a job. And I said, very casually, well, what about chores? And the blank stares that I got from most of my kids because most of my class didn't have chores. Or if they did did have chores, they expected payment for it. They were absolutely flabbergasted that my, at the time, almost two-year-old and almost four-year-old had to help me put dishes away. They had to put their dishes in the sink when they were done. They had to help me put laundry away with no money. I know, right? I'm the worst. But I think all too often we just do things for our kids because it's easier, it's quicker, it's more efficient. 
But then we have a bunch of adults that don't know how to do things for themselves or problem solves for themselves because they were never given the chance to do so when they were kids. I would have fourth graders who would break down and cry when things are too hard. When I asked them to do art, paint something, create something out of Play-Doh, something super simple that we think was supposed to be fun, they would break down and cry. And I truly believe it's because they were not allowed to try things for themselves and fail. It's okay for kids to fail. It's okay for adults to fail. It's called character building and it's a life skill. So that's tip number two. Tip number three. This one is interesting. But my kids are at home with me part of the time. And I get to have one-on-one time with my boys, which has allowed me to people watch. (laughs) Probably more than I should. But it's so interesting to see how different people parent and especially boy parents and girl parents. Why do we parent boys and girls with a set of standards for each gender? And here's what I mean. Little girls, when they would walk in with their parents, are gentle parented. They are allowed to freely express their emotions. Parents would talk to them in like a sweet little voice and let them be timid and shy. Little boys, on the other hand, we don't allow them to show emotions. When they got upset, we were quick to, hey, knock it off. We talk to them like they're grown up. We allow them to be extroverted and slightly crazier than the little girls. But let's teach our girls to be fearless and brave. And that sometimes, you know what? Life stinks and we just have to buck up a little bit. We don't need to be that emotional all the time. But let's also teach our boys to be gentle and teach them that emotions come from Jesus. Emotions are another way of communicating. So let's break those barriers in a good way. And I'm not saying that boys and girls aren't different. So don't hear me say that. But I am saying that Jesus was strong and gentle. And if we want our kids to be like Jesus, let's teach him to be both of those things. He stood up for what was right, even when he was standing alone. Let's teach both genders to be brave. You get what I'm saying? Okay, tip number four. This next one comes from my time spent teaching kindergarten. Woof. Let's not talk about it. Your child's teacher, number one, I'm putting a plug in for teachers, is amazing at so many things. They are going to teach your children all the things. I promise you, all the things and then some. Like, they will teach your kids all of the standards and life skills. They're, They're so good at what they do. And I'm not saying that when your kids are pre-kindergarten age to not work with them on those things because their teacher will do it. That's not what I'm saying. I absolutely do this with my own kids. My kids go into school. I I say my kids. My littlest right now is still um, in preschool, but he knows his shapes, his colors, some of his numbers, some of his letters. My kindergarten boy knows how to read before he got into kindergarten. So I do these things with my kids. But I'm not saying that should be our primary focus. Our primary focus should be character building. Those pre-grade school years are so important for character building. Teach your kid to be kind, to share, that it's okay to make mistakes, to be organized and responsible, to try new things, to be independent, to put an effort into things, to work hard, to be respectful, to use kind words, 
to be creative and to have fun. Those are going to be the things that are going to last. The internet will have every bit of information that they could ever want to know and learn about and even more. Knowledge is at their fingertips every second of every single day. But these character skills have to be taught and practiced. So that would be my tip number four. The last one, tip number five, is the one that I am joyfully struggling through. It's how to sit in the calm. For me, I am naturally good at this. My husband and my boys are not. And I think there's a lot to be said about someone who can just sit and be content. And I'm not saying you just have to sit and stare at a blank wall, although most days I feel like I could do that really well. But in this new day and age that we live in, there's a big fuss about cram packing your schedules, doing 100 million things in a day. How many things can you mark off your to-do list? But there is something absolutely beautiful about being able to sit in the quiet, listen to music, read a book, color, paint at the kitchen table, cook a meal together, talk about your day, just learning to slow down. And I feel like when we talk about slowing down in this day and age, we talk about like sitting and watching a movie or sitting on our phones and scrolling through social media. Like people just don't really know how to, to sit. And you can tell that from sitting in a doctor's office in the waiting room, you'll see everybody pulling out their phones to like sit and wait. Like people just really don't know how to slow down or how to not do something. And I know that I am very guilty about this, especially with little boys, because I just feel like little boys are wired differently. And I didn't realize that until I became a boy mom. But I know a lot of my other boy moms would agree with this. And probably dads too would agree. I know my husband would like, yeah, I don't know how to slow down because I'm just go, go, go all the time. So I am working on not only letting my boys be adventurous and explore and have fun activities and outings planned because that's also important. And we definitely do a lot of that, letting my boys see and experience the world, but also teaching them that every day we should find a time where we can be calm, be still, and how to not let the world overtake us because it will. Most of the time, if I'm being honest, it will. So learning to be still. And as a stay-at-home mom, I've probably had to do that the most this past year. And that's been kind of hard for me because I feel like my time with my boys, I should be spent, you know, going to do things. And so I really had to take a step back and say, it's okay to stay at home, you know, and it's okay to just kind of hang out together in the calm and do nothing but spend quality time together. So really, these are my top tips. And I know there's like a lot of other things that should be learning, like how to put a car seat in properly. Okay, that's one example. That's important. But I think these are the things that people don't talk about. And I've definitely had to learn these things through trial and error of being a parent and a teacher. Obviously, I'm still working through number five, so I haven't perfected any of these yet. And I think if I had these expectations before I started parenting my own children, or honestly, even just before 
the utter chaos that is parenting a three-year-old. Pray for me, y'all. I would be better off. So this is just my way of loving on my future parents or current parents. If you have littles, you just get to learn through my mistakes. So yay, good for you. But if you have any other tips, if you are a parent of maybe like older children, if you could go back and do something differently, maybe your kids are out of the house and you're like, maybe even looking at your grandkids and you're like, oh man, I would do that so differently. Let me know because I'm curious what your tips might be Um, because I'm sure there's lots of other great ones too. So thank you for sharing with me and thank you for listening.